0: to answer the question for yourselves, do you have a story to tell? And it's welcome to another episode of Writer on the Road. I have a young man with me from the other side of the world which is where we always end up on Saturday mornings and his name is Dave Chasson, if I pronounced that correctly?
1: That's correct, yes.
0: Yeah, and Dave is known as the Kindlepreneur. Now, I love that. I love that title, Kindlepreneur. As you know, we're, we're uh, podcasting our week of entrepreneurs, and Dave has uh, graciously come to tell us all about the one thing that you all know that I'm absolutely hopeless about. Dave, tell us what you do.
1: Well, I'm really kind of a numbers guy. I really enjoy the marketing aspect, which most authors out there hate. That you know, it's like I just want to write my book, you know. But the truth is, is that you could be the greatest writer in the world, and if you can't get it out there, no one will ever know. I mean, a great example of this was J.K. Rowling's, right? She had the greatest book in history, and we can say that because it's made more money than anything else, and yet. It took her forever just to get somebody to finally take it and market it for her. Uh, in this case, it literally, it was her agent who um, he had a favor, you know, from one of the guy, and the guy didn't care. I mean, what I'm trying to point out here is even with the greatest book in the world, you can't do it unless you find that way, unless you are able to market it, get it out there, you know, go beyond all of the hurdles that are coming your way. So marketing is super important. And that's exactly what I like to focus on is how, you know, any writer out there can use all of the amazing online tools and some of the resources that that exist and be able to get their book in front of people. And with good writing, hopefully that takes off.
0: Yeah. Now, Dave knows what he's talking about, everybody. Uh, when he says he's a numbers man and a statistics man. Only a brief glimpse at his website will, will show you, as it's shown me, that we actually don't need to go any further. Every nightmare that I ever live is on Dave's website. He does everything to do with SEO. He does everything with ranking. He does everything with Google. So anything we want, it's there, um, including Facebook ads, which is my current bugbear. Uh, Dave, you set yourself up as um, online optimization skills to help authors with the technical stuff.
1: Hmm. Absolutely. So uh, just a little bit about my background and how I kind of came to this might kind of explain all of that. Uh, I started off as kind of an online marketer just in general. I was building niche websites, ranking them, you know, extremely well in Google and then doing all these other sorts of things. I dabbled in a lot of things out there in the Internet sphere. Right. And it wasn't until I learned, you know, the ability, uh, the wonderful, incredible opportunities that lie in selling your own product on Amazon. And in this case, this is our own book. So when I started to combine my online marketing, you know, experience and know how on promoting my books, I created some incredible revenue that came in. Now, I'm used to going to these blogs and these learning you know, platforms where they give you step-by-step everything you can do. But when I started looking at self-publishing and book marketing, I didn't find anything. I found a lot of times where articles would kind of say, well, you know, the art to selling books is you gotta get an email list. And then you gotta, I'm like, whoa, 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 how do you get that email list? Like, um, you know, it's like, tell me the it- exact steps I need to take so that I can get this accomplished right? And when I looked at that, there just wasn't anything that existed. So I created Kindlepreneur with the sole purpose that every one of our articles is an exact step how to accomplish something. I don't ever want to skip over something. Yes, our articles are long, but this isn't a website where I'm going to say, here's 80% of what you need to know, but you got to pay me for the other 20%. Instead, it's just right there.
0: Yep. And and look the first thing I saw with Dave is, uh, he makes on average, and I'm curious about this figure, his average monthly book sales are $7,829. Now that's rather specific.
1: Yeah. Um, so I, what I like to do is I like to go in there and update every month. Um, but the thing about it though, is, is it really doesn't change by that much. Every, every one of my books is an asset. Um, I sell about the same amount every month and I have for the past three and a half years. This isn't, you know, a lot of my marketing tactics aren't just writing a book, putting it on Amazon and hoping that people buy it. More importantly, hoping that Amazon continues to promote it, right? What a lot of lot of writers find is that they get they get through the three month honeymoon period with Amazon where you write your book, you get it up there. And for three months, things seem to be going well. Amazon's kind of giving you a little bump, you know, and you're getting some traffic. And then all of a sudden it's like a balloon with a hole in it just starts to deflate. And then every author gets into this whole rhythm of, you know, you got to blow into the balloon, you know, pump it back up. But that hole's still there and it just continues to leak through. And what's even worse for authors is that they still got to market. They got to hustle and push that book while they start writing their next book. And that's where a lot of authors just get worn out. So what I have done is that with my books, I like to create systems. I like to create things that work for me while I'm sleeping, that send people to my books, keep them relevant, keep Amazon thinking that they're relevant, keep Amazon thinking, man, even without us, this guy's selling. Let's just go ahead and keep those books up there. And that's how I create these, these assets. And that is exactly what my books are. Each one is another add-on. So as I, per, as I publish the next book, I'm just adding uh, another maybe four or five hundred bucks right to that monthly income that you saw.
0: Yeah. And look, I am so curious about everything that you've got to tell us. Everyone, we won't get through everything with this guy today because there's just too much there. Uh, but what Dave says is right. Writing a book and hope. Uh, It's what most of us do. I get exhausted even when I start to think about um, book promotion per se. So when when I'm kicking into my year of living creatively and writing creatively next year, I'm guessing that a lot of my time on a daily basis will be getting my head around this stuff and, and fossicking through Dave's website and learning the, I guess, the technical stuff. Um, that will get us out there now Dave you had on your uh, website there was a a, a, a blog post that had me intrigued because you've been doing this for several years now Uh, And you've got a podcast, oh, sorry, I keep saying podcast because I looked at your podcasts. And by the way, everybody, he's got a list of the top podcasts and mine's not on there, but it will be because Dave's going to help me get it there. Uh, But what I want to talk about is the blog post called Lessons Learned, Starting an Authority Site. Now, Dave's is definitely an authority site. We don't even need to ask what that is. Uh, Can you talk us through some of the lessons learned? Because I think they are critical uh, to where I'm going and where a lot of my listeners are going.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, one thing I learned is there's a big difference between a niche website and authority website. A niche website is where you're just trying to get a little piece of the corner. You're just basically saying, here is some information that some people are looking for, and I'm just going to put it up there. An authority website is where you're actually, you, to be an authority, you have to put yourself out there, okay? You have to be up in front, you know, and be like, this is who I am. You and the platform, you and your website are one thing. And hopefully your readers get to feel for your emotions, your personality, it's just gotta come through it. The second thing to an authority website too is, is that you have to stay on the cutting edge. You just can't rely on all the information. So truly an authority website is something that just needs attention all the time. And when I talk to people that are looking at creating an authority website, I try to paint that picture. I'm like, look, you do understand that this is a thriving business that you're going to have to invest in every day. Are you committed to that? And if the person can't look me straight in the eye and say, yes, then they're going to be one of the, you know, 90%, 95% that are out there that start a dream and they never get there. Mm-hmm.
0: And it, and it is sad. Uh, I know some days that I have this wonderful feeling of overwhelm and I go, I just need chocolate. Uh, It happens. It happens to all of us and it especially happens to indie publishers Uh, because, as you said, our books get lost in the noise. Quite often, and this is the thing that I'm noticing, we don't have anything beyond our books. Now, I notice on your website that uh, you have all this wonderful information and you're making good money, but you have things to sell as well.
1: Actually, you know, the only thing that I do sell Mm. is a KDP rocket. We created uh, some special software that helps Mm. authors to basically begin their book journey. Okay. Um, one thing I like to focus on is validating your book ideas. And this is, this is something even with or without our, our, our product, I highly recommend that any author think about this one important marketing fact. Okay. Is that when you go to start writing your book, you need to start thinking about marketing it. The first thing I like to tell people is you need to find out whether or not your book idea is going to make money on Amazon. (laughs) That sounds like a really like, well, thanks John Madden. You know, uh, that's pretty obvious there, buddy. Um, but we have an article that actually explains step by step on how you can validate your idea and whether or not it makes money on Amazon. Now, I'm not saying that if you do this and your idea isn't making any money on Amazon, that you should stop. We're artists. I get that. I'm not here to say it's all about the money, but what I am wanting you to understand from day one is that if your idea is not making money on Amazon, then it means you can't depend on Amazon for you to make money selling your book. You need to know right from there that Amazon will not be answer for your marketing. You now need to find out if you want to write that book still. Okay. You now need to find out where your market is and then you've got to grab them from wherever that is and drag them to your Amazon sales page. Prepare yourself for that or you will finish your book and be utterly disturbed when you find out that you're not making any sales. So start that process. I'm not here to put you down. I'm not here to scare you, but just validate your ideas. And so what we did was we, Took everything in that article that I have on book idea validation, and we put it inside of a software that does everything for you in a click of a button. Uh, more importantly, it gives you some amazing data about your potential markets. So if they are on Amazon, now you know the words they use. Now you get your Kindle keywords. Now you can write better titles. Like, and we we even incorporate a giant free uh tutorial course showing you all of those crazy things. So that's 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 our software, KDP Rocket, and I wish that it was it was out when I first started. It would have made my life so much easier.
0: Yeah. And I, I know from a lot of the, the stuff that I do that as authors we we think we're starting at the beginning, but we're actually, as you said, we're starting at the end. We need to think and I quite often hear that you should market your book well before you've written it. It should be and your launching process should be starting well before you even hit the end.
1: 100% agree with that. As a matter of fact, anybody ever asked me what's my number one recommendation? And I say, I tell them the day you decide you want to write a book is the day you need to start marketing your book. Uh, I believe that this will help you write a better book as well as be prepared from launch. The biggest thing, the mistake that a lot of people make is they write their book and then they say, okay, great. Now I'm going to market it. <laughs> uh, That's not how it should go. Uh, If you're talking with your target market, you're learning and growing. You're building a team. You're building people who are ready to push your book. You can kickstart your book from day one without even writing that first sentence. So start marketing the day you decide you want to write that book.
0: Yeah, And, and we have to, everyone, we have to get out there um, tradition, we've got a lot of traditional um, published listeners as well and they have their publishing house to do all that for them and we, we operate a lot I guess in the romance genre and the traditional publishers, they're controlling the push I guess uh, as indies we don't have that opportunity we need people like you Dave to, to just remind us that we're a business as well as a, a creative entity
1: well, and I would even say to the people who are published, I, you know, I talk to a lot of people and they, there's this, there's this belief that if I can just get a publisher to sign on, that they're going to sell my book for me, for me. Let me tell you, that is like the biggest lie in the world. Um, let's put yourself in the publisher's shoes. You are potentially a, a person that they've never heard of. You don't have a following. Your book may be incredible, But how is that publisher going to know that they're going to get their money's worth out of you? Okay. What ends up happening is is that you sign that contract and the publisher starts getting a big chunk of that change and then they're going to turn and say, great, how are you going to sell this book? And you're like, wait, what? And if you don't sell a certain number, which I've heard some crazy numbers, if you don't sell a certain number by like one, two or three months, you'll never hear from that publisher again. They won't even respond to your emails and it's, It's crazy. I have heard just the craziest saddest stories to a lot of authors and some just regret it. Now that's a different story. If you have built your following, if you have grown as a self publisher and you have a following, you have an email list and you have the ability to kind of write whatever and still kickstart that that's when publishing companies say to themselves, man, this is a really good bet on this person. We should totally get a little piece of the pie there and let's help them since we know we're going to get our monies back and then they actually start marketing it. So a big difference. Um, you know, I believe it was, um, uh, there's this famous singer and her name eludes me right now, but she was talking about the music market and she said it used to be back in the day that, you know, as an artist, you would work to get your record deal um, and then you would get your fans. But today it works that you need to get your fans first before any record company will sign a deal with you. And I'd say that is absolutely the case with, with publishers and books today.
0: Yeah. And I think I was reading that earlier, um, somewhere in there, it was Taylor Swift you were referring yes! to, I believe. Yeah. Taylor uh, Swift. <laughs> Taylor Swift. I don't know why her
1: name always eludes <laughs> me and yet I can sing a lot of her songs. Uh, I, I will admit that in public. <laughs>
0: yeah. So can my, so can my 14 year old daughter, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, <Yeah. laughs> look, this guy is a honey. He's young, he's vibrant, he's so enthusiastic, and his uh, arms are swinging around here. He reminds me of Sherry McCarthy, who we had on earlier. <laughs> These guys love what they do; it's fantastic. Uh, now, I want to I want to talk about other things. We, as business people, we have our books, uh, we have our websites. Now, I noticed you had a list of online courses as well, and what you thought were the best value online courses.
1: Yeah. So one of the, I haven't done a course. Um, I didn't want to be another one of those, you know, marketing gurus here, go ahead and pay me $600 for a course on self publishing. Uh, that's just not my stick here. Uh, however though, I had a lot of people that asked me, well, okay, you don't. So who do you recommend? I was like, uh, I don't want to give you a bad, you know, recommendation because the truth is, is everybody's different. Um, everybody's in a different situation. So what we did was was that I sat down and I took all four of the biggest, most well-known courses. I sat through every one of those hours. I believe it was like 40 plus hours of watching video and I took as many notes and I even created charts to compare them, you know, with every facet. And then I finally said, look, this course is best for this type of person. This course is best for this type of person and so forth because at that time there was nothing. All right. All people were going off of was this person that I'm on an email list of said I should do it. Yes, but they're also making money from that too. (laughs) They don't know your situation. And these are expensive. A lot of them are like $600. Um, I I think one of them just increased to $1,000. That is such a huge investment. I feel terrible if somebody paid that and it wasn't the right course for them. But That's kind of how we work at Kindlepreneur. We want to actually figure these things out, put it together, and let the self-publishers choose what's the best for them.
0: Yeah. Now, I I brought that question up because I accidentally launched my course a couple of days ago on Dave's – in his background here, he's got a picture of a rocket and I launched my course with Teachable because I saw that little rocket there and I thought, oh, that'll show me how to launch it. But unfortunately, I hit the rocket and it actually launched the course. So my course is oh. now launched. <laughs> and hey. and i went taking right back into that, um, helping indie, indie publishers with the technical stuff. And I'm going, well, push the button. And I push the button and off it went. And I thought, okay, well, that's gone. Uh, but when I was building that course, Dave, I was a little bit like you. I've, I've bought three or four courses now and... A couple of them you mentioned there, Nick Stevenson, I bought Joanna Penn's, and the other one was Mark Dawson's. They're all sitting there. The biggest value I've gotten so far is out of the Facebook groups where I've made some good friends, uh, some great networking, and we'll talk about networking in a minute. Um, But as for the courses... I got bored after about the first two modules in each one because uh, I just went, oh, okay, I'd rather talk to the people and get someone to show me how to do it. And I, and my to-do list is to go back and do those things, um, and I will, and I'm gonna, gonna, gonna. But in the meantime, I get to talk to you guys and you do all that. So when I built my course, I made it like you and I are talking now. I made it that oh, it's a teenage novel writing course, but the kids get to talk to me because education nowadays is about talking to people. It's not about... Uh, reading something on a piece of paper and going away and working it out yourself. Is that what you're finding that your YouTube uh, videos, I've watched a few of them this morning and I, I got pretty excited that I'm going to try that as well. Uh, do you Are you finding that people just want to talk to you and learn that way?
1: Yeah, well, so there's definitely a large, um, I think that it's very important to be able to talk with people because the truth is, is that it's really hard to address somebody's needs without actually talking to them and knowing what those needs are. Everybody's in a different situation and everybody's got a different definition of success. Um, you know, my definition of success is probably very different from, from yours as well as others not saying one's greater or less. Um, but you know, the thing that I've loved most about YouTube videos is that it allows people to actually get to know you right. Um, as a writer, you know, and I'd say authors kind of face this a lot, is when you read a really good book, how attached are you to that author, right? You're attached to the story. You're attached to the characters that this author, you may tip your hat to the author and say, hey, great job there. Um, But how are they, have they fallen in love with you, right? All right, that takes a couple of books, that takes a lot of proof, but there are other ways that you can do it. And I think video, being able to see somebody, um, really, you know, makes them connect with you more. So I love the fact that you know we can do video, that we can reach and people can see you. But I think that extra special touch to go out there and talk to somebody I think is super important. So I think you're on the right track there.
0: Yeah, and, and that brings us to, um, I guess, networking, being, being seen as a real person. Um, I went to my first networking event two nights ago now absolute nightmare hated it 50 people 50 women in a room uh, doing like speed getting to know you in three minutes and moving on to the next person I walked out I just said I can't do this it was a nightmare yet talking one-on-one with you and learning this stuff as I need to learn it is actually really effective now I'm a teacher and I think what you do you're reaching more people one-on-one than you can ever do in a room full of chatter
1: yeah, I think that's uh, that's a really important thing, especially since, you know, that allows you to get to know their particular situation. And, you know, but one thing I like to say, too, is, is that it's incredible how much a personal discussion goes a long way compared to just, you know, a mass setup. Uh, we had a case study once that's um, on Kindlepreneur, where I had acquired some like 200 emails, right, of people who wanted to who wanted to have the arc version of a book, you know, the advanced review copy. And that, of course they promised, yes, absolutely. We'll send a review. Um, and I did this on purpose cause I wanted to have proof of numbers for, for readers. What I did was to the 200 people, I, you know, just sent out a mass email, just one it says, Hey, here's the book. Here's the link. Hope you enjoy it. Waited a couple of days, check the clicks. And then I sent another one that says, Hey, I would love for you to leave a review. It'd be so much to me. Thank you so much. Right? And three or four, that's it. Like three or four actually did what they were doing. You know, they got the message, turned around and did it. Now on the other side of this experiment, I had 20 people, okay, who I spent time really talking with. I sent personal emails, okay? Now, yes, that took more time, but, when I sent an email after sending them the copy and making sure that what I wrote sounds like me, not just to everybody. When I sent that personal recommendation, Hey, you know, so-and-so just wanted to check, ha- have you read the book yet? Um, you know, what did you think on the person would respond? Oh, I haven't yet. Oh, okay. No problem. No problem. That's okay. You know, but when you do though, let me know. I really want to know. And I would kind of stay on them, you know, like I would come back one more week. How did it go? You know, I got 19 out of the 20 to drop a review yeah 19 out of 20 i mean that's that's you know what is that 95 percent success compared to my whole 200 email list you know and i got like the three or four or whatever it was it was just a pathetic number 95 to like one percent yeah um so having that personal connection drives more not just in a sale but it can accomplish more
0: yeah and it's about relationships it has to be about relationships now otherwise um you just don't get anywhere because, as you said, even on Amazon, it's insane out there. Um, The books are just one product of a million trillion products uh, and Amazon keep changing the rules um, before we even know the rules are changed and then all of you guys work out how to work the rules and then the rules change again. Uh, I notice, uh, I guess on your website, you get, I think it was 87,000 visitors a month.
1: Actually, we're up to 120,000 a month now.
0: Yeah, I'm not surprised. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Now, one of the things that I've learned, and it's one of the things I'm going to try and implement, is, is measuring all this stuff. Why are you measuring, and why is it important?
1: Well, you know, any business, and that's what we do, right? If you're selling books, you have a business. Any business out there would look at the numbers, you know, as they go. They look at, you know, potential things that they do as well as whether or not they're doing things right. And it's not just one of these kind of feel for, I mean, even McDonald's when they go to set up a new McDonald's shop, right? They, they look at how much traffic on this road and what, how and they calculate the competition levels and you know, they're analyzing at all points. Well, we're a business and there are a lot of things that we can do to figure these things out as well. We just, like we started with right. Authors just publish and hope. But there's so much that anybody can do for free to to have a much better understanding of how the market is doing, how they are doing, and how they can improve their marketing.
0: Yeah. And one of the things that I notice is that authors are beating themselves down, and it's one of my bugbears, uh, this 99 cent thing for bundles of books. And I keep going on about it because it breaks my heart. Um, they keep saying, well, that's what the market's asking and so that's what we've got to do and if one person's doing it, I've got to do it and all the rest of it. And I thought, well, why don't you just step outside what everyone else is doing, market your brand, say this is who I am and this is what I do and these are the things I'm doing to help you and see if that can make a difference rather than just following everyone down to the bottom of the pit."
1: yeah and you know what's even funny is is that we did an analysis too of the ninety nine cent versus two ninety nine and so forth and one thing that we find and it's different for every niche but um when it's only ninety nine cents people devalue it maybe maybe they will pay the ninety nine cents for it, but they probably won't read it whereas mm. if you know if the book is like five ninety nine there's a much better chance that they will because they just spent five ninety nine um so this can drive a lot and I would say that, you know, when it comes to marketing, marketing 101, when everybody's doing one thing, usually the smart marketer is doing the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's by that point, if everybody's rushing towards something, it's already too late. Start looking for the new thing. And when you're on the cusp of that, that's when you've rocked it.
0: Yeah. And everybody, I think that's that's one of the things that I've learned in my journey. Like I only started this, what, four months ago. And it, it's part of an ongoing journey I've been writing for years. But trying to stay focused because there's so much noise out there, staying on top of things because things are changing as quick as a wink and I turn around and I go, oh, thank God I don't have to do that anymore because it's out of fashion. Uh, But I found that talking, um, I found that um, talking to you guys on the podcast has been something that I really love. So I will probably stay in this niche. I will probably bring people on to to get everyone writing. But when it came to all the webinars and all that, um, you know, have seven videos for free and then you might buy something and all this stuff that bombards me in my inbox. And look, there are some big name authors out there. Every morning I wake up and there's another email trying to sell me something. that I'm unsubscribing, hand over fist, because the noise is just too much. And I'm wondering whether some of these master groups and some of these Facebook groups are where people go to hide away from all the noise.
1: Yeah, I would say so. Um, It really depends. Some people are really crazy about them, so (laughs) it's hard to say. As we said, everybody's got different definitions of success as well as different levels of patience.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I have no patience. Everybody knows that. (laughs) I'm a teacher, right? (laughs) You haven't got time for patience. (laughs) Uh, Okay, look, moving along, I'm I'm very keen on your YouTube experience. One thing that I've learned from speaking to so many business brand people in Brisbane – I'm in Brisbane. <laughs> Business content marketers is that content, uh, visual content is is the new king, um, and we're all doing Facebook Live now, and we're all moving into YouTube now. How are you finding in in your area where you're you're an authority and you're teaching the rest of us? Are you finding that that's the way to go now?
1: Well, so. We did an analysis. And again, numbers guy here. <laughs> I love this guy. And, I did an analysis. <laughs> <laughs> and we tracked th- what people do from, so the people who come from my YouTube video and go to Kindlepreneur. All right. We track to see how engaged they are with the website. How many, you know, if they come back, if they sign up for the email list, if they're clicking on things, reading articles. And we compared that traffic source from other things like Facebook as well as, um, you know, Google organics and core and all these other things that bring in traffic and hand over fist, YouTube watchers were the most engaged. They did. They signed up for the most things. They clicked on the most things and that goes back to that whole getting to know me, right? You sit there and you see me, you, you, you know, hopefully I come across as a good dude, right? I, I hope, um, you know, in a sincere person. But as you're learning, you know, you can see over my shoulder as I do things or as you're learning, cause we're talking about said new, you know, Amazon craziness, you feel as though you were sitting there watching me and we were talking. That means that you're more connected to me as well as my brand. So even though it's not the most traffic out of all the things that we do for marketing on Kindlepreneur, it definitely gives the best results. It has the best conversions.
0: Yeah. And I, to back that up, everyone, I think one of the things that I've noticed is, yes, I got to know Dave um, through YouTube and watching him there this morning. And I've got a vested interest because I'm going to do this weekly next year. And hopefully over the year, people will get to see my creative journey. Um, or they'll turn off and go, oh, that old woman, but no one listens to her anymore. Um, but one of the things when I left YouTube and I came to your website I didn't see, I wasn't greeted with anything amateurish. Everything was professional. It's organized. Uh, There's uh, references from, or testimonials, we call them, don't we? Forbes, Entrepreneur, Huffington Post, book designer, pro pro blogger. Your statistics are there to say, well, look, I'm making this much money a month. I've got these many, this many dedicated um, followers. Uh, Your design is professional. How important is that image?
1: Well, You know, that's, that's a really good point, right? If you, especially if you're a marketer, right? Um, and you think that you're an artist, the the truth is, is that if somebody goes to your website and you know, and it just looks like ho hum, then how authoritative are you? And that really translates into our book covers too, right? Inside the book, could be the greatest story ever, but that book cover just looks like you threw it together, you know, or you bought a template off of Fiverr or something like that, then nobody's ever going to trust to open the book and actually read the content and see what's happening.
0: Yeah.
1: Sadly, people judge a book by its cover. Sadly, people do judge a website by its look.
0: Yeah, and it's one of the things that I've got to do. Everybody, I've I pay a designer, and I'm with um, podcast websites, and these guys are looking after me beautifully. But because we're still at the beginning stages, one thing I haven't got is on your every blog post that you've got, you've got that beautiful box, and um, where it's your heading with Kindle Premier down the bottom, and it's orange and blue, and it stands out. Everyone is the same, and I notice with Joanna Penn and a few of them. Um, Park Howe had it as well. And mostly red and white. I refuse to do red and white because everyone's doing red and white. And I'm going, no, no more red and white. Um, But they're consistent. At the moment, I've just got your photo. I'll have your photo up there. Um, But how important are those banners and things? Um, They seem, the people who are most successful seem to have them.
1: So in design, uh, one thing is the human eye loves familiarity. Okay. Um, What I tell people when they're creating you know, whether it's a, a book cover, whether it's, you know, an image for the website, the logo for the website. Okay. First off, make sure that it represents what you are and what you're trying to do. Okay. My images are simple. Uh, I like flat images because I want you to understand that when you're coming to read advanced book marketing, I'm going to simplify it for you. So it's not "Ah," too much in there. Number two, I tell people you need to only choose two fonts. That's it. Don't go font crazy. But remember what those fonts are. You know, um, I use Stone ICX and Pacifico. That's it. Um, You know, and people, when you see those fonts, it just feels like they're all connected. Okay. Then finally, too, when you choose your colors, make sure you memorize your hexadecimals. OK. What's worse? The worst thing in the world is going to someone's website and seeing different shades of blue. OK. You know, or, or (laughs) <laughs> Shades of gray here. Um, <laughs> but uh, the fact of the matter is, is that I can tell you, you know, our hexadecimal is 204 Alpha 83 and Fox Sharp forty eight two two zero. Now there's a connectivity. Now when you're on my website, you always see the same orange. You always see the same blue. You always see the same, you know, font. Yeah, some of the differences, but that similarity binds everything together.
0: Yeah. And I think that's um, that comes through and that's something that I'm aiming for and so I can learn from you. Nothing is a mistake with Dave's website now, even talking with him for half an hour. We keep hearing measure, design, uh, calculate, uh, statistics, all those kinds of things. Now, you keep using the word we.
1: Yeah, well, just recently I brought on a team. Um, so my, my entrepreneurial growth has been crazy. I started off as a solopreneur. You know, wearing the badge with honor. Um, but as the as you know, as you start to get to 120,000 visitors per month, we get a lot of emails. I still, to this day, answer all my emails. Um, I sent I you one this see... morning.
0: I sent so hi, hi, I'm
1: here. Yep. Damn, yep. <laughs> I, I replied and I do that. I I take pride in spending probably two or three hours a day responding to emails from people because the fact of the matter is, is that I remember when I first started, man, it would have meant the world to me if somebody had just replied and uh, not that I not, you know, that it was weird because yeah, I get it that they have all this, you know, this popularity or this attention. And yes, you know, responding to those two or three hours worth of emails takes away from two or three hours of writing and content. But I just kind of remember when I started that I, I you know, there are a lot of people that just would not give me the time of day, even though I was absolutely devoted and willing to do whatever. Maybe I was asking wrong. I don't know. But the people who took that time, and that responded to me meant the world to me. So it's sort of like my personal mission to make sure that you know that I I pay their their kindness forward. Um so as I go I continue to do that. So I have a team now that really helps me with a lot of the other stuff in operating an authority website like we talked about. Um so that while I hold on to my email, I can then go through and do these, you know, really cool crazy experiments with numbers and try to find a new way to figure this out. Um right now we've been cooking a way to uh figure out like you know what the seven Kindle keywords are that other people have selected. Um, you know, then that's it's experimenting. It's exciting, and I love the fact that I got a team to be able to help me with that. Would I say start with that? No, but yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So I, th- that's I think the way- yeah, and I think this is the end of English teachers as we know know us. <laughs> English teachers are now a thing of the past because we now have um, word searches and keyword titles and all that kind of stuff. None of this creativity anymore. You've got to hit it on the head. And I'm just going, oh, it's so sad. All the romance is gone. But the reality is you have to. You have to do this stuff. And Dave's going to interrupt me here and say there is some romance left in it, I know. Uh, And I just think that without the Daves of this world, we won't go anywhere. But I just wanted to very quickly mention, Dave, one of the things that I notice, and I've been following a lot of blogs and as we went through the whole blogging thing and now we're into the podcasting thing, I always get these emails when I sign up saying, tell me the one thing that concerns you because it is a marketing technique to find out what people want to hear so you can go off and make a product. I don't know how many times I've gone, okay, I'll tell you. Never ever get an answer and I'm thinking, how unprofessional is it? So if you ask what we want to know, everyone out there, if you use it as a marketing strategy, do what Dave says and answer because otherwise you lose your credibility.
1: Oh, amen to that. Yeah. Um, it, it's really, like I said, you know, it's taken that one extra step for people to say, wow, you know, this guy really does care. Uh, again, I'm not, I'm not discrediting the people that don't do it. I fully understand it. I've been told by a lot of people I need to stop doing it, but uh, maybe that's just my personal experience. But now to step back to what you were saying about we've lost the romance of it. Here's what I've, I, one of my favorite phrases, I don't know if I coined it, maybe I dreamed it up or maybe I heard it in my subconscious. But the truth is, is that art with direction is marketing. Okay. Without art, all it is is just numbers and they mean nothing. But art without numbers is just art and it is not going to propel a business. So, when we talk about numbers, when we talk about calculations and, and statistics or, or, you know, anything else inside of this business, I am by far not taking out the art. You got your keywords. That's great, but we're not robotic. How about you find ways to creatively bring in the keywords, you know, so that you're using the language of your market because you did your research and you found out what that is, but you are giving it a voice. You're putting your personality inside of it, right? There's the art. There's the purpose and the direction. You got marketing.
0: See, this is, this is see, we, we fall in love every week, guys. Here we go again. This guy is good. Uh, question for you, because I have to let you go because I'm running out of time as usual. Uh, what about, where do you think we're headed? Um, I noticed you I wrote down this quote that you said earlier and I just love it. What's your stick? You said, this is my stick. And I thought, oh, what is it? So wh- where do you think we're going? Um, because you're obviously right. You're switched on. You're, you're right up there with the stats and all the rest of it, and I'm just, you know, I'm just in awe. But where are you going next?
1: Me personally, or or self-publishing yeah. as a whole?
0: Uh, probably you personally. and It's not upstairs to restir the dinner. Um, tell <laughs> me.
1: <laughs> well, believe me, the, the boss upstairs, aka my wife, uh, she she has plans. Um, <laughs> yeah. it's a cog in her wheel. Yeah. Well, you know the thing about it is I business is sort of one of those things. I don't really like to plan so far ahead. I mean, the truth is is when I started this, I was a niche website builder, right? I, I was working online marketing and then I fell into, you know, Kindle. I hadn't surrounded my life with so many things that I couldn't see an opportunity and take advantage of it. Right. I couldn't move forward in a particular direction. So the truth is is that right now I, I just absolutely love what we're working on with Kindlepreneur. Uh, as you can see in my writing, um, I'm sort of a goober, and it's just fun to be able to put it out there. Uh, but I am learning, and I'm growing every day. I, there's no such thing as a master in my mind. You know, nobody's mastered anything. We're always learning and growing. And when you think that you have mastered something, that's when you stop. That's yeah. when you have stopped, um, you know, being helpful. That's when you're you've lost your touch. You've lost your your stance. So. I don't know i'm just going to keep doing this uh i love it and hopefully people love it too and we can continue to grow
0: yeah and that's why it's great that we've got all these wonderful young guys with all this energy who we need um because you guys have got the brains that can work your way around all this stuff and i'm sorry i know some of us can too i'm just not one of them i've got two daughters coming along who do all my tech uh you've got international book markets up there the secret to international book markets i've just got my international key i think you call it that i can Put my books out there with draft to digital. Um, it's the way of it's the way a lot of people are going now. I know Joanna Penn and a few others talk about going wide all the time. Uh, you we've mentioned probably nothing but Amazon with you. Are you looking at going wide with a lot of your stuff now, or are you going to stick with Amazon?
1: Oh, I still do. I I am. I actually. I don't think I've ever put a book on uh, Kindle select cause I, I don't believe in the exclusivity to Amazon. While the brand says Kindlepreneur, uh, the truth is really it's all about book marketing uh, in general. So I do Draft2Digital. <coughs> we have a great article that compares Draft2Digital to, to Smashwords um, and that was fun cause I got to interview both the CEOs of both companies and um, Draft2Digital was my clear favorite. I'm giving away the secret immediately. But uh, it, Mark Coker was kind of like, well, can't say I, uh, agree with your assessment, but I'll acknowledge it. He was a great spirit. Uh, I I love him for it. Um, but yeah, so I, I definitely enjoy the wide range. I even do Ingram sparks from time to time instead of create space. And I do like to focus on international markets. So
0: yeah. And the international market is really growing guys. And when I get Joanna Penn on later in the month, I'm going to talk to her about that because she's at the forefront of that push. I read that article. I didn't know it was you because I didn't know you then. And it was when I was oh. trying to choose between um, Draft2Digital and Smashwords. And I read this article, very, very detailed, uh, very informed. And I remember you did come out on the side of Draft2Digital. I've got a friend, Kevin Tomlinson, and he. the reason I um, fell in love with him is because him and his wife are traveling around in their RV. And it turns out he's now the new marketing manager of Draft2Digital as well. So all my yes, world-
1: actually,
0: <laughs> all my worlds right, are colliding. He- yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. It was yeah. actually really funny because he was just on my website commenting. Um, we just published a new article talking about Booklinker, um, which is yeah. this fruit tool that will convert any of your links to to international market yeah. links. Yeah. And so the guys of, of Genius Links created it, and they said something I guess that was like counter or they responded in the comments, counter to something that draft digital does. And so uh, Tomlinson actually jumped on the comments and was like, whoa, 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 hold on. <laughs> so, so I got, it was great because there were two companies that were just like, you know, chatting uh, in the forums. I was like, hey, that's cool. And your website becomes the center of conversation for two two large companies, okay. Yeah.
0: Look, I love Kevin. He's oh, well. not backwards in coming forwards, and he he certainly speaks his mind. And I'm, I'm looking forward to a long relationship with draft digital because they do all the tech stuff for me. They're going to get all my stuff out there, and I won't have to worry about it. Now, I know you don't agree with that. I'm going to guess that you think that we're best suited if we know how to do it ourselves.
1: No. Oh, yes. Good answer. No. <laughs> the best so understanding having an understanding of how things work is important however the one thing i say to anybody out there is that when you find if there is this particular skill that you're wonderful at okay that that's your stick that's the thing you do that's what's important for you then you do that okay don't sacrifice it for things that you you can't or whatever find people that can okay if you're not an amazing artist, then don't try to learn Photoshop and start building these wonderful covers, you know, start learning about how to find an affordable, but really good cover designer, right? Don't settle, but don't waste all your time or money, you know, doing something else. Right? So no, I'm not here to say that. That's one of the things I loved about Draft2Digital is they will format your book for you. I've got a team member that does that for me, but man, I think that's a wonderful opportunity for people who don't know how to format and don't have a giant budget to be able to support. Love draft to digital for that.
0: Yeah. And they don't charge you oh, excuse me, don't charge you anything until it's time to sell your books and make some money so everyone makes some money. It's really, really good. Uh, Look, you have been wonderful, Dave. Uh, This one will go up on YouTube, everybody, because he's just gorgeous. And I'm going to go up on YouTube and I'm going to be just as gorgeous and young and vibrant. Not sure how we're going to pull that off yet. Uh, All the links will be up there, Dave. Uh, We'll put links to your website. I'm going to find that article and link it back because I think it was a very good one. Um, And we might get Kevin back on to... um, just clarify a few details. <laughs> is there any last words for us here at Rider on the Road?
1: No, I would say um, what I love to give people is one actionable step that can help them immediately. And what I will tell you is my favorite step is that you go to mention.com, okay, and you can sign up for a free account. But here's what's cool is that when you free, when your free trial is over, they continue to do this for you anyway, so it's completely free. Don't pay them. OK. Oh, they're going to hate me for saying that, but don't pay them. But what Mention.com does is that any time somebody says a word, OK, anywhere on the Internet, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's in an article or whatever, Mention.com will actually let you know that it happened and then give you a link to go check it out. So what I do is the word Kindlepreneur is search for by Mention. And if anybody puts Kindlepreneur in their website, uh, says it in Twitter, but doesn't you know, link to me or something like that. I can go reach out and talk to them. Why is that important for authors? Because if you put your author name or your book's title there, you can find out any time somebody is talking about you, your book or what have you. And that is a perfect opportunity for you to engage with people that are talking about it. Engage with either the hater or the lovers out there. Um, so, yeah, that right there, two minutes, and next thing you know, you got the power of the internet letting you know anybody, anytime somebody mentions your stuff.
0: Yeah, can it can it be a string of words? Can it be Roger on the road, or does it have to be just one word?
1: No, it can be a string. just But it has to, you can only, for the free version, right, um, it has to just be one statement or one word or what have you. So, you know, it could be, I could track, uh, for our software, I track KDP rocket, right? So, two words. But anytime somebody types in KDP and then the next word rocket, I get a notification.
0: Yeah. And look, he's he's speaking the truth, everybody, because when I was fostering around this morning, I did um, tweet a few things and Dave immediately replied to me and I went, wow, that's magic. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was fairly clever. I was very impressed. Now I know how he does it. The secret's out. That is a fantastic trick. I'm going to go on and do that immediately. I'll put that in the notes as well. Thank you, Dave. Hopefully, we will become firm friends. And when I get over 50 episodes, I want to be on that list, please.
1: Sounds good. We'll be redoing it next year.
0: Okay. And that's it for another episode of Rider on the Road. Talk soon, everyone.